the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following is a special presentation of AM 1100 KFAX. It was the morning of September the 11th. The sky was unusually clear and the weather pleasantly warm that Tuesday morning. It was the first full week back at work following summer vacation and the long Labor Day weekend. For New Yorkers, the day began, as most days begin in the Big Apple, up early, kiss the kids goodbye, maybe grab a cup of joe at the Wall Street Journal at the corner market, then off to catch the subway. And if you were one of the 50,000 who worked at zip code 10048, the World Trade Center, you struggled to push your way through the crowded subway platform to make it to your office on time at World Trade Center 2. When you arrived at your office on the 86th floor at 8.35 a.m., you sat down and looked out the window to marvel at the incredible view across to Tower 1 and then glanced down at a picture of your family on your desk. Little did you realize when you left home that fateful Tuesday morning that for you and nearly 3,000 of your co-workers, the prestige of working at the famed World Trade Center would suddenly and with no warning turn into a towering inferno of death and unprecedented destruction. Like it's sideways at first, we thought it was just going to try to miss it. Bang! Right into the middle of it. It's as if you threw the outline of a single engine airplane onto the building. But there are at least some windows. This is not an accident. This is beyond the pale of understanding. There are thousands and thousands of people fighting for their lives right now. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. One of the an American Airlines plane uh, headed east down over the pike, possibly for the Pentagon. The roof has collapsed. There is a chasm in the side of the Pentagon that is probably 200 or 300 feet across. There was a tremendous explosion that rocked my car and the cars around us. All we know right now is that two airplanes struck the two large towers of the World Trade Center. We spoke to the White House. There also apparently was an attack on the Pentagon. All elevators are out in both towers, according to the rescue workers on the scene. They put out an urgent call for Scott Air Packs uh, because they're climbing smoke-filled stairwells. The tower appeared to crumble and start to fall. The second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed. The whole side has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed. All firefighters and officers should report to duty. You are needed. This is the nightmare that we have been warned about for years. The FAA has shut down the airs over America. If there's a plane up right now, it will be targeted by military uh, Air Force and F-14s. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. The second one just went... Both World Trade Centers have been destroyed. Now, a moment of pause for us all to consider the lives in these moments and the family members that are that are waiting to find out 
uh, how far this damage has gone. Law enforcement has taken a huge hit as people who rushed to the scene. The building would have been full of firefighters and emergency rescue people and police when it collapsed. And I'm just going to add to the chaos and the trauma of the day by saying that a large plane has now crashed uh, about 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. The thousands and thousands of deaths that will have been caused by this. It is not a question of a score or 100 or 200, but thousands and thousands of people are dead. Please pray if you are a praying person. This conflict was begun on the timing and terms of others. It will end in a way and at an hour of our choosing. The spirit of this nation will not be defeated by their twisted and diabolical schemes. To those who say that our city will never be the same, I say you are right. Will be better. America. Whether we bring our enemies to justice or bring justice to our enemies, justice will be done. I have a message for our military. Be ready. As long as the United States of America is determined and strong, this will not be an age of terror. This will be an age of liberty here and across the world. The course of this conflict is not known, yet its outcome is certain. Freedom and fear, justice and cruelty have always been at war. And we know that God is not neutral between them. Every nation and every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to 10048, After the Fall, a celebration of hope, a Lifeline special report. I'm Craig Roberts. And I'm P.J. Oliver. We'll pause to remember and pay tribute to the lives that were lost on that morning in September 2001. Not since the December 1941 bombing of Pearl Harbor have Americans had to memorialize a loss of such suddenness, ferocity, and magnitude. Today, we pay tribute to those who died even as thousands of survivors gathered to remember at the World Trade Center site in New York's Manhattan, the Pentagon in Virginia, and at a lonely field in rural Pennsylvania. At this time, Americans still wonder what happened on that fateful September morning.
My name is Noel Maitland. I work for Ladder Company 15, Lower East Side, New York City. Coming out now. All, right, all units stand by. Ladder 15 and Ladder 15 only. Go ahead with your message. Ladder 15, you have a message? What other unit calling Manhattan? My fellow firefighters and I arrived at 10048, the World Trade Center, just as the second tower collapsed. No streets, only caverns of destruction, filled with sections of I-beams, aluminum facade, dust, paper, mud. Buildings surrounding what will become known as Ground Zero are gutted and burning fiercely, with hundreds of broken windows ripped open wide by flying girders. The command system is shattered, and there's a chief yelling orders from atop a rig. Every man seems to be from a different unit. Most lack basic equipment. We start stretching hose lines to control fires in the acres of rubble, past stretchers and breathing masks and forcible entry tools over the girders just to try and rescue trapped firemen. Later, I find my company, Ladder 15, at a staging area where they've set up chairs outside the shattered windows of an office building's backside. It's eerie. It's like some war zone Israeli cafe. After a few hours of waiting orders, we split up to look for work. I find a large contingent of firefighters and policemen on the south side of Tower 2's remains, snaking a hose line into the rubble's smoky darkness. I search for victims under the wreckage, but well, there's no sign of anyone. From time to time, the smoke lifts little, showing six stories of uncollapsed steel girders and concrete flooring looming overhead. I keep searching, making mental notes of what girder I'll duck under if the rest of the building gives way. Men shout for relief at the end of the hose line, and I follow the line into the intense heat and choking smoke. About a half hour later, I reach the end and offer to take the nozzle, but the nozzleman refuses. I ain't going anywhere till O'Malley comes back, he yells. By tradition, a company keeps the nozzle until the fire is out and firefighters from the house are safe. I, uh, I help feed in hose and start back to get some tools. And suddenly, I feel sick and dehydrated and... Hundreds of hands steady me as I clamber over rubble and down ladders that the brothers have laid across the steepest section. In the triage center in the firehouse across the street, oh, the nurse. She seems like an angel with IVs. Before I fall asleep, I start thinking back on that afternoon when firefighters and construction workers fired up earth-moving equipment, started clearing the street. And O'Malley never returned. In the days following September 11th, many have asked, where was God? God still tolerates evil and will someday show His judgment. Meanwhile, He will show His mercy to America in ways many will not realize. 50,000 people work at the Trade Center. On that Tuesday, 2,800 were killed. That means 94% escaped. 23,000 people work at the Pentagon. Of those, 123 lost their lives. That's a survival rate of 99.5%. American Airlines Flight 77 that hit the Pentagon had the capacity of 289 passengers. But on that Tuesday, only 64 were on board. 78% of the seats were empty. American Airlines Flight 11 that hit one of the World Trade Center towers had a capacity of 351 passengers. That morning, it carried only 92. That means 74% of the seats were empty. United Airlines Flight 175, which hit the second World Trade Center tower, had a capacity of 351 passengers. 
but only 65 were on board. The plane was 81% empty. United Airlines Flight 93, bound for San Francisco, could carry 289 passengers. When it crashed in rural Pennsylvania, only 45 were on board. Flight 93 was 84% empty. On Tuesday, September 11th, nearly 75,000 Americans were potential victims of Islamic terrorism. More than 95% survived. As we remember the terrible events of September 11th, let's not forget to give thanks to God for His mercy shown to America in a tragedy which could have been far more severe. The Bible tells us we must, in everything, give thanks, for what was prevented was by His mercy. When a sparrow falls, when a baby cries, when a child is lost, when a loved one dies, God is there watching. God is there watching. When the innocent pay and the guilty go free, and there's a cry for justice, but none to be seen. God, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. God is there watching. When freedom and choice is the rule of the day. We know firsthand that nothing can replace the loss that was felt yesterday. And that only time and love and prayers can begin to heal the wounds. When a nation falls down on its knees, cries for mercy, prays for peace. God is there watching. God, look down on America, look down on New York, look down on Washington. We ask your blessing be upon the President of the United States, the leaders of the Congress, and all of the members. When Satan comes to spread his lies and lobbies hard for compromise. We cannot explain what's happened. We don't have that capacity. Then how can we console those who've suffered so much through the loss of friends and loved ones? Yes, our hearts go out to them, but it's not enough for them or for us. Tonight, let us open our hearts so that Almighty God may dwell within us, so that our actions are His actions. And let us believe in Him so that our dismay is replaced by His strength. Hello, I'm Franklin Graham. The events of September the 11th will go down in the history of this nation as maybe one of the most tragic events in all time. And we think of the loss of life, not only in New York and in Washington, but on the aircraft 
Our hearts are saddened. Uh, we cannot help but to be angry that this happened to this nation of ours. But I hope, and really my prayer, is that the events of September 11th won't be a, a root of bitterness in the soul of America. But it's my prayer that this nation will once again turn its eyes toward God, that we will put our faith and trust in Him and in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came out of heaven to this earth 2,000 years ago to die for our sins. And we know that if we confess our sins and repent and turn to God in faith, receiving Christ into our hearts and to our lives, God will forgive us and cleanse us of our sin. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There's no other way that we can have that assurance of going to heaven. There's no way we can have that assurance of our sins being forgiven unless we come to God through Jesus Christ, His Son. And it's my prayer that this nation will once again turn its face to the living God, that we will confess our sins as a nation, that we will repent, and once again we will follow Him. We have a great history, but in the recent years we have turned our back on God. We have taken God out of our schools. We have taken Him out of our government. Different organizations are quick to sue any time you mention the name of Jesus Christ or you offer a public prayer. And as a result, we have taken God out of all of our public life. We need to put God back in. We need His laws governing this land. Our money, our coins, say in God we trust. But in fact, in the last 50 years, we put our faith and trust in our economics. We put our faith and trust in our 401ks, our stock portfolios. This nation needs God. We need His help. We need His leadership. And we need to trust Him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pray for this nation. And we pray that the tragic events of September 11th will go down in history as the time that America turned its eyes back to God and once again followed the God of its forefathers. And so, Father, we confess our sins to you. We ask you for forgiveness. And, Father, we believe that Jesus Christ is your Son who died on Calvary's cross for our sins. And, Father, today we pray for our president. We pray for all of our leadership that are elected, that are appointed. And, Father, we pray that you will guide them, that you will direct them and lead them. And, Father, we pray for all Americans around the world that they will be safe. And, Father, we pray for the church of Jesus Christ around the world, that they will be bold and that they will proclaim your name and lift up the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the freedoms you have given to us. We thank you for the privilege of living in this great nation. And, Father, we pray for this nation. We pray for its people. And we pray in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You're listening to 10048, After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline Special Report. You're listening to 10048, After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline Special Report. Undoubtedly, the events of September 2001 will go down in the history books as the single most horrific event ever suffered by Americans. Not since the Cuban Missile Crisis or the assassination of President Kennedy have Americans felt such a sense of vulnerability. A majority of Americans, 56 percent, 
share the belief that September 11th had a bigger impact on America than any other major event in the last 50 years. A recent Knight Rider poll disclosed that while events such as Watergate, the Vietnam War, and the fall of Soviet communism ranked high, none matched the impact of last September. Lieutenant Colonel Ryan Yantis was there at the Pentagon. He's the public information officer for the United States Army. He's actually from here in Northern California. He was in the sixth quarter of the Pentagon and the plane struck between the 4th and the 5th. Lieutenant Colonel, what was it like that day? Well, before the attack, it was a fairly normal work day. Uh, we had seen the footage, uh, seen the, the TV, and, and uh, witnessed in that media uh, the attack on the World Trade Center. At uh, that time, we knew that uh, it had shifted, and it wasn't an accident. It was uh, pretty much an attack and, a, and an act of war against our country. There wasn't a great deal of, uh, of panic. As a matter of fact, there wasn't panic. It was people resolved and getting busy trying to figure out what we could do to send to New York because we realized that in that situation there was a, a very strong likelihood that uh, the emergency services of New York would need support from National Guard, Army Reserve, and Active Army uh, for casualties and for recovery. Uh, I was heading to a meeting to talk about what to send to New York uh, when the Pentagon was hit. In actuality, I, there was no physical manis- manifestation that I noted. Uh, there was no nothing that I could hear or feel to, that told me that the building had been struck. And uh, it, it, it was a, almost a surreal moment. Uh, we were told, Pentagon's been attacked, there's been an explosion, evacuate. I think the thing that's probably most prominent in my mind is a female officer came up and said, you know, pretty bluntly, give me your T-shirt. So I stripped off my, uh, my uniform blouse and took my T-shirt, and she took it, stuck it under a hose, got it wet, wrapped it around her head, and went back up to where she was in line on the search and rescue team. In case she got back in the building, she just wanted a you know, cold, wet cloth around her head so her hair wouldn't catch on fire. And the salient point in that is she was wearing a skirt and high heels. And, you know, that's just one of those things that I'll probably never forget. Um, saw a great number of people doing that sort of thing. Very common sense, very pragmatic, willing to put themselves at risk um, and trying to help their colleagues, their co-workers, and other people who were in the Pentagon. Personally, um, on many levels and in different ways, um, greater appreciation for my family, my co-workers. Um, it's reminded me of many things uh, as to why I joined the Army and the things that I find important and that, quite frankly, I love about our country. Um, it's also cut away a lot of the chaff and a lot of the, um, the issues that are unimportant to the survival of our country uh, and our way of life. If it's if it's not part of our core competency, if it's not part of what makes us Americans and it's frivolous, I don't really have a whole lot of time for it. Um, I've been enjoying a lot of good quality time with my, my daughters and my wife, and I just have to keep that balance of you know family and what it is that I do for the Army and our nation. Keep those things in balance. You're listening to 10048. After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline Special Report. 
be a beautiful day today. Sunshine throughout. Low humidity. Really a splendid September day. The afternoon temperature about 80 degrees. Great weather for the primary election. Tonight, clear and cool, low 60 and It's begun to sound like some sort of a cliche. But really, September 11th started out like every other day. Eight o'clock in the morning. Don't throw the fat away. The day guys were just coming in. I was off that day. Thirteen guys from my firehouse were on. Around 8.30. Engine, ladder. I believe the run came in. Get the run for the gas leak or an odor of gas in the street. Right then and there, I knew that this was going to be the worst day of my life as a firefighter. We have a number of floors on fire. It looked like the plane was aiming towards the building. Transmit a third along. We'll have the staging area at Vesey and West Street. It was probably a two-minute ride, but it seemed like it was forever because there was a lot of things going through your head. Everyone was passing, was looking up. It's like the world just stopped. We are just currently getting a look at the World Trade Center. We have something that has happened here. Flame and an awful lot of smoke from one of the towers. Whatever has occurred has just occurred uh, within uh, within minutes. And uh, we are trying to determine exactly what that is. As we swung around in front of World Trade, my mind tells me, wow. This is, this is bad. What do we do? What do we do for this? Right away, a guy from the Port Authority told him the damage was somewhere above the 78th floor. All, all the windows were blown out. The lobby looked like the plane hit the lobby. So you knew it was going to be worse when we got upstairs. My main concern was we had you know, 20 floors of people above. And we had to figure out a way to get them out. As it turned out, we had no usable elevators. With the elevators out, there was only one way to get up there. Walk. Companies come in, you see them with a concerned look on their face, and they're sent up. A firefighter in full gear, carrying 60-something pounds of hose and equipment, takes about a minute to climb one flight of stairs. These guys were looking at 80 stories, just to get there. Then they'd start working. I felt the mood that we were going to put the fire out. Everyone seemed to be confident. I know I was. You basically looked at it and said, okay, we got 10, 20 stories of fire. You know, we'll deal with it. We'll get up there. You know, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. I was saying... This is not happening. Both 
towers of the World Trade Center have been hit by aircraft. Both are in flames. There is uh, black smoke coming from both of the towers. Uh, it's a horrific scene here. There's um, debris flying through the air. Mayday. There were two planes. I saw the second one hit. It hit the other tower. What we knew was that a second plane hit, and we had a lot of people trapped. Stay together. Stay together. You know what's going on. We're just going to have to walk in. One way to go. Second plane is motherfucking. Now the Chiefs would have to set up a whole other operation over in Tower 2. second plane hit, that's when we could see fear. Both of them are on fire. We could see it in everybody's eye. There were people from all over the world in these streets. Different colors, different languages. On those few blocks between the firehouse and the World Trade Center, the entire world was there. So two aircraft, two aircraft, the first one on one World Trade Center, the second one took happen. And they were all looking at the same thing and talking about the same thing and reacting the same way.
The events of September 11th have now left their indelible mark on the American landscape and psyche. Let us, as Americans all, acknowledge that you have a handsome profile, city of New York. Long ago, you were voted the city most likely to succeed. The 15th generation of Americans salutes you with special regard for your courage and boldness in the face of terror. God bless your police officers and firemen, as well as members of the Port Authority of New York. As we marvel at your giant skyscrapers reaching up to the heavens and your streets winding like ribbons, what really becomes you is clear enough when you stand back and see the hole that once was the World Trade Center. The people of the city are the main design, names and faces, but for whom the city becomes just an empty mesa and a chunk of stone, a petrified island of forgotten dividends and empty edifices. It was, New York, your unwavering determination one year ago today that set the example and led the way for us as a people and a nation, a nation united in response to terror bravely, boldly, and courageously. It is now time for us, who have inherited such a great liberty, to defend it and preserve it. Ultimately, our battle is not just waged with weapons fashioned of bullets and bombs, but a spiritual warfare waged in high places. And as a spiritual warfare, we fight with the weapons of truth and God's word, the sword of the Spirit piercing the darkness and delivering light to a lost and dying world. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us, because the Lord has anointed us to preach good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives of Islam and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve, to bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ruins and restore the places devastated. They will renew the ruined city. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make His righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. As Christians, let us not be deceived. For what a man sows, so shall he reap. The darkness that is Islam has displayed for all to see how vain man's attempt at righteousness outside the righteousness that is Christ. If we are to win this war against terrorism, we must first win hearts and minds through the life-changing power of God's Word and the promise of salvation that Christ Jesus offers all who will humble themselves before the throne of grace. God, may you find us faithful in sharing your Word, bold in speaking the truth, and dedicated to the cause of Christ in the face of evil that the world might know. You've been listening to 10048, After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline Special Report. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. Production provided by Andy Froyland, Rebecca Greeley, and Dan Hoffman. Our engineer is Tim Romero. For P.J. Oliver, I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time, remember, don't just keep the faith share it. And may God bless America. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.